Welcome to Thunder Wolf Podcast. There's an, a fish in a dish and his name is Phil and he doesn't pay the bill, but he begs for a flower that will give him the power to think himself away. <laughs> Why do we do that? Where, where did you get that? <laughs> I just made it up before the show. <laughs> we're here in uh, my living room yes. this time. Last time we were in my bedroom uh, recording this episode. It's very chic. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Uh, we're in the the living room. We haven't come up with a clever name for it yet because this is the first time doing the the Thunderbolt podcast here. Um, I'm Jacob. Shane is in Texas. And he's on our, assignment, right? Yeah, he's in, he's he's on a remote job. Yeah. in Texas right now, reporting back. Um, and our producer is in Cancun again. Would you believe it? Jesus, that lush. She's yeah. probably drinking margaritas right she, now. She, we pay her way too much. Yeah. She goes wherever she wants. I'm hoping she's getting good quality cocaine. Uh, You'd hope. (laughs) Today's guest is someone who has been on Thunderwolf before uh, early and has filled in when I was gone on assignment, Um, but never have we done an episode, just the two of us. I've been on your show. This is Justin Kelly from Juice in the Morning. Yep, Justin Juice Kelly, uh, Juice in the Morning podcast. Uh, You guys have probably heard us if you've listened to Thunderwolf at some point. Absolutely. Even if it was just the episodes that Thunderwolf was on Juice in the Morning, I still appreciate you listening. Um, One thing that I thought was interesting was you and I actually have never hung out, just you and me. Ever. Ever. No. It's always been a group. You've always either like met us at like... Roast War Championship. That yep. was one of the one of the examples. Um, and you know, we've done Thunderwolf podcast together. Yeah, but like there's always like a there's always a, always an intermediary almost between us. So right. you know, it's interesting, and I'm excited to just get to talk to you. We didn't take notes. I mean, you have your notes for the yeah. the standard like how you like your show to run, right? But we didn't really take notes beforehand because I wanted to see where we could go with this episode, which I really like. Um we've kind of phased here recently uh into a lot of interview style, right? Interview uh conversations. Enjoyed Lexi Madrid, by the way. Yeah, like so uh for those who haven't haven't listened to it, the episode right before this, I think this is like 39 or 40. Uh, whichever episode that is now. Last week's episode was Lexi Madrid with What is Comedy? She's a comedian and producer in the indie area. Um, And she was on. And it was a pretty cool episode explaining a lot of the inside world of stand-up comedy and comedy in general, um, which is something that I know later on you and I will talk about. Yeah, I fully, fully enjoyed it. And I fully enjoyed her perspective. Yeah. Because she's been in it for a lot longer than I have. Yeah. So she's been able to kind of develop the ideas and thoughts that she has around comedy, which is, it's it's so funny because everything that you get into for the first time, like podcasting, I, right. was, like, I was like, I know exactly how this is going to go. And then no, Very way, quickly. No, no way, shape or form does it go the way you think it's going to go. Right. Right. It, ne- it never does. Um one of the mantras I know I listen to and uh, have kept up with while creating the show, while figuring it out, while developing, you know, our style, the intros, what do we like, what do we not like um, from 
big time podcasters that I like mm. and have listened to, they said, you're not going to know really what you're doing until maybe around episode 50. Right. And then from 50 to a hundred, you're still figuring out right. what you want to do. Did you hear the statistic that like most shows don't make it past like the fifth episode? Yeah. Like 90% of people and which is mind blowing because right. if you look at the directory, there's like literally millions of podcasts. Yeah. I oh mean, yeah. Not maybe not millions, but there's at least hundreds of thousands of podcasts. And there are more and more starting and more every and day. More and more. Um, I'm sure you you guys host on Anchor as, yep. as well. Yep. Um, the advertisements that they've been asking people to start doing, which I. I'm not sure about Anchor, to be honest with you. Yeah. I, lo I love using them. Yeah. I mean, we here we, we are using them. We but. share them, and or we share our show, and they make it very easy. Um, There's some things that I'm not 100 percent sure about, and I hope they don't like bash us over this right. and like, hit us with something in the algorithm. But uh, I I was reading kind of like one of their agreements and essentially they own your show mm -hmm. and they can do with it what they please. Um, I don't think I'm big enough to the point where they're going to do anything that's going to like negatively affect me. Right. But it's one of those things like, see, I just said it. Um, <clears throat> but it's it's a an example of a company owning something and there could be future ramic ramifications for us yeah. over it. But right now it doesn't do anything and it's it's a great you know service. So I'm just hoping that at some point they take their time to really talk to the people that have been using them because when we started using them, they had only been around, I think almost a year and a half. Oh really? And they just, <clears throat> Spotify just bought anchor like okay. within the last six months. So now Spotify owns all Spotify the shows. owns anchor. Yeah. And then hmm. essentially, yeah, Spotify essentially owns all the shows based off of that agreement that we signed when we were signing up to put our show out there. Which I'm talking about nerdy podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. So uh, la last last week's episode was about what is comedy, and we talked with you know comedian and producer and discussed that aspect. But part of this episode will be exploring uh, you know you yeah and me and doing a podcast in and of itself, and um, I think I think that's really important to talk about. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's an interesting one too to talk not on a podcast but about the podcast yeah. too and and what goes into it and and all, all of those aspects I think leading up um which you've said that you have been using Anchor now since they were like a year. Yeah. So how long have you Justin been in into podcast? Oh, um <clears throat> so I started listening to podcasts the first I mean it's so annoying because everybody talks about their like first podcast that they're listening to. Right. And you know, when I like to think of podcasts, I like to think of podcasts like my music taste and I always feel like I had when I first started listening to music, I had a very like eclectic taste. Like I liked a bunch of different stuff. Yeah. I was very into like trying to listen to stuff that people weren't into because I wanted to be different. But my first podcast was Joe Rogan. Yeah. I mean, and it wasn't even when he came out with it. I didn't even realize that on my phone I could just download it and he listen. Was, he was he was using like UStream, yeah. And we were watching it on a TV back in the day when he and like I think um, I can't remember who the original producer was because I don't think it was Jamie. It was um, what's his name? Red Band. 
Like, you know. Yeah, the, I know that name. Yeah. I recognize that and, name. I didn't watch him back then. And so when that was going on, it was like <clears throat> when I was watching that was 2008-ish, mm-hmm. 2008, 2009. And I looked at my buddy because I was at Ball State and I was going to Ball State because I wanted to be on radio. I wanted to be on radio, yeah. television, act, sales, something in media I wanted to do. And my whole dream was when I graduate Ball State, I'm going to do the David Letterman and move to California and just figure it out. I'm yeah. going to be on stuff. I'm going to audition for stuff. I'm just going to go out there and do what I want to do. But then, and so basically when I was watching that, I told my buddy Johnny, because Johnny's the one who introduced me to Joe Rogan. Oh, interesting. I told Johnny, I was like, we could do this. Like right now, it's a little expensive to do a podcast and figure it out, but we can do this. So let's like figure out how we can do our own podcast. Partying, uh, you know, bad choices right. led to us all not living together and kind of spreading out. He went back to Indianapolis, Indy area. I stayed in Muncie for like another seven years, <laughs> like something ridiculous. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it never came to fruition. But in about 2013, 14, I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start it. First person I contacted was Johnny. Johnny himself will admit he was in a dark place. He didn't. He kind of became a hermit, didn't talk to any of our friends, didn't hang out. Basically sat at home, played Went video games, grid. just yeah, completely disappeared from everybody's life. So I was like, well, he doesn't want to do it, so I'm still going to start it. I'm going to yeah. do it with somebody or I'm going to do it by myself. So I kept making excuses. Oh, equipment's too expensive, blah, blah, blah. Then my mom bought me the Behringer Podcast Studio. It's still available on Amazon. It's like 100 bucks, and it's a little mini board that will support two mics and I think two headphones. Oh, that's cool. And it'll plug right into your laptop, and you can literally start your podcast for $100 um, plus the you know hosting on Anchor, which is free now. When yep. I started hosting um, was I think I started at the lowest cost, which was like 5 bucks to um, – distributed it out to everywhere. Um, but I didn't know anything about it. So I started it, got that equipment, didn't even record my first podcast <laughs> that year. Like I had the equipment, yeah. but I was like scared. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know how to actually start it. And so we actually ended up moving to Fort Wayne. And uh, I one day just was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. I don't know what I'm going to do. So I thought that day I was going to record a podcast didn't happen because I didn't know how to, I recorded it, but I didn't know how to get the file onto the fucking internet. <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah. So it's like, I have this recording and I'm like, well, what the, like, so then just start jumping on Google. How do you get your file? So I thought, all right, I need to build a website. Didn't need to do any of this stuff, but like, it just went through this whole, like rigmarole of trying to get it on the internet and I couldn't figure it out and it was pissing me off. And my first episode was, Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the morning. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm yeah. going to be talking about like I didn't, and it was very similar. I've always equated it to uh, Talladega Nights with Ricky Bobby. Like I didn't know, I felt like I didn't know what to do with my hands, and yep. I didn't know what to say, and I was completely by myself. So that was only like a minute long. I've since scrubbed that from the internet. It's still in my files, but it's not out there that, for people. Your to listen first to. episode, yeah, it's not available to listen to. <laughs> um, I actually took everything. Up until I think my thirtieth episode, completely off the internet. No because, kidding, because a <clears throat> my first episode was bad. 
the sound wasn't that great for the first you know 20 episodes because i didn't even know how to even deal with it deal with the um, programs and things like that and then um on top of that i'm not gonna lie i felt like i had to have at least three alcoholic beverages before i could get on the microphone and talk yeah and so then that led to multiple episodes where me and the friend that I had over to talk on the podcast just got hammered. We had a whole episode where we talked about Game of Thrones. And then I listened back to it and I was like, there's no fucking way I can put that on the internet. <laughs> yeah, because it was just the same thing. Ramb- just drunk completely rambling. intoxicated rambling, yeah. talking to one of my best friends. Um, it's my wife's best friend, Casey, because we had just gotten done watching like the season finale of Game of Thrones. And we just sat and talked about it forever. And it just got this real. is like the first season, right? Yeah, like yeah. first, like yeah, one of the first couple seasons. It was like it was bad, so we we didn't put that out. I mean, I didn't put that out there, and uh, you know, it just it developed from there. Like I said, you didn't, I didn't have a co-host for the first year, and I did it completely wrong. And I, anybody listening that might be wanting to start a podcast, this is kind of a little bit of a uh, don't do what I did situation yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. for the first year, I was like, I'm going to put out one episode a month for a whole year. So that's like literally only 12 episodes. Right. And the way the algorithms work and things like that, once again, I'm getting nerdy about podcasting, but the way the algorithms work, uh, they suggest that you record, I think three to five episodes and then release them like sequentially, like once a day for like that first couple of weeks type of of situation. And then that builds up your um, taking advantage of the new and noteworthy on Apple podcasts. Because if you start one and it releases and then it gets accepted by iTunes or Apple podcasts, um, you will be on that board of new and noteworthy. And then if you get in, so you should record those, promote it a bunch before you even release the first episode. And then that way you build that audience and then you also build the reviews, the ratings and things like that, that push you up the charts to where people can find you right away. And so I kind of fucked myself from the very beginning because I didn't do any of that. Yeah. And then I got to my second year and my second year was I'm going to do like one every like two weeks. That's like my goal. And then my third year, it's got to be at least weekly or something like that. So it's been weekly since about the third year, which was like 2016 or 17. So you've been at this for almost what? Six, seven years? Six. Yeah, probably five or six because it was 2013, 2014 that I put out the first episode. There's so many things that you said there that uh, we, we had a little bit of a jump because you, with your show and your experience, helped us. Um we we didn't have the hundred dollar board. Right. We got the the stuff right away that was recommended by right because uh, you guys knew you knew that you had the network of people that had right. you know fumbled around with all the bullshit equipment that yeah because you always want to start something that's the thing like you want to start the podcast as inexpensive because none of us really want to invest that much money into it right, right because right, we right. don't know what's like if there's going to be a return on the investment. I mean, if you look back, I mean, out of all the money I spent. I'm not even close to even breaking even. Like it's over thousands of dollars that <laughs> yeah. I spent on equipment, computers, things like that. Do you you guys you have what to to make money on? Do you guys have Patreon? No, and that's that's another thing. So I've I actually I actually just posted about this on Facebook. Um, there is not enough time in a day, yeah, for me to do all the things that I am into. Because I am into what we just talked about briefly is stand-up comedy. I'm into that. I'm into my podcast. Right. 
I'm into golf with my friends. I'm into my motorcycle. I'm into, I got to work, which is like eight to nine hours a day, yep. Monday through Friday. So there's so little time that to do the Patreon, it felt to me like I was taking on another full-time job. Because you have to provide content that people actually fucking want. Right. Like you can't just make a Patreon and be like, okay, just because I did. I made a Patreon and my, you know, levels of, you know, commitment was, yeah. you know, thank you for giving me $5 a month. I will shout your name out on the podcast. Nobody gives a fuck if their name's shouted out right. on the podcast. They're not going to pay five bucks for that. Um, so like I've thought about it. Like there's another thing that um, the a project that I'm working on that I actually would like you to uh, be a part of Ooh, if you want to. Very interesting. Um, a buddy of mine, I'm really into uh, fiction podcasts. Yeah. So it's almost like back in the day, that classic like radio drama. Yeah. So a friend of mine like has- war, war of the Worlds. Sim yeah, similar to that. A friend of mine has written a script that I want to get a few of us together. Like it essentially when you're making one of those, you don't have to, it's just like making a movie or a television show. You don't have to record it in order. Yeah. So if like you decide that somebody, you want somebody to play a character, you can just record their lines. And then if you get somebody that's good enough at editing and moving things around and putting things together, you can just take those lines and put them the way they're supposed to be yeah. together. Yeah. Um, so basically he's written this script and I'll just give kind of just a brief synopsis. Um, two uh, men escape from prison. And when they escape, they're um, driving to Mexico. They're trying to get out of the country. Okay. And they end up, their car breaks down because of a mysterious force. I'm not even going to go further than into that. the details of what you'll have yeah. to listen yeah exactly everybody out here listening to this episode right now yeah and so and then the car breaks down they end up in a town and the town is frozen in time like the 50s Ooh. so they don't know how like and the guy and the men don't know that at first obviously um obviously this is just the intro like yeah my buddy has the whole thing in his mind of how he wants to play out i'm just giving the basically the the overview of like the pilot episode i like it and so and then um there's another there's another very wild character that <clears throat> i think will really throw people for a loop at the end of the pilot episode and we're going to be recording the pilot episode um, the 18th of January. Look, I don't, I'm not saying that you have to be there for that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. we're recording the pilot episode, the 18th of January. And then I'm going to get that information and those, those audio recordings. I got to find somebody that's going to be a producer to put it, kind of help us put it together with sound score, music, all that stuff to yeah. make it palatable to people. But then, um, once we have that pilot done, then we will start to develop the rest of the story. And I want to record the whole story before putting it out and then have it release episodically. Yeah. 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 And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then like go full on promotion where like we pay for the Facebook boost. We pay for the Instagram post, build a Patreon to where they can get like behind the scenes, uh, you know, of us maybe doing the table read of an episode before we do the episode or, you know, just stuff like that, which I think would be something that people would actually want to pay extra for. Yeah. I know that was a really long roundabout way to say, no, I didn't do it. 
<laughs> yeah, it was very uh, it was very roundabout to get that. But this is the first time I'm hearing about this, yeah. um, and I'm very excited. I want to see. I want to see the screenplay. I want to read it. I want to figure. Uh, I'll send you. Actually, I don't think Jake would care at all if I sent you. His name's Jake Hahn. He was on a couple of our podcasts okay. before when we were talking the NFL. But the guy's very talented uh, writer, um, very intelligent, very deep thinker. Yeah. Um, and I think he's got tons of stuff that he's written. We want to make a movie at some point, but none of us have any idea how to do that. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I. I've only. I've been involved in a, an indie film once. Um, but I ha- would have absolutely no idea how to start or how to light, how to like, light. Yeah. How to, I don't know. We, I don't know. We talked briefly before we started and I hope AP hears this. Uh, the AP is a audio Nazi. Yep. On top of that, AP, uh, made some, cause I was telling him about it. Cause I was like asking him advice because he's done, um, videography. He's done photography. He's done a lot of that stuff. So I asked him how hard would this be to do? And he said, dude, it's going to be a fucking difficult task yeah, to yeah. get that done. He was like, you're going to have to get golf your with color, your buddies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your lighting, color, like uh, colorization, having a big enough uh, memory on your computer to be able to even edit it yeah. and put it on there. Like he was, uh, he made a lot of really great points that are like, that kind of blew my mind, but that's where my mind shifted to audio drama because that's a lot less intensive. Yeah. It's, it's very doable right like just thinking it through right now this is the first time i've heard about it so i'm just processing all of this um and processing some of it into the microphone since we are doing a podcast uh but no i don't know who does that like i can't really think there's a couple podcasts maybe that i can think of who kind of tell stories Mm -hmm. or are more improv kind of idea but I can't think of anybody who's doing a full-out written drama episodes. It's it's interesting because there is there is a lot of them. Um, there's a there's a production group called Earwolf, and they okay. do they do a lot of uh, a Wolf Brother. Yeah, there you go. They they do um, they do a lot of like uh, fiction. So there's one that I'm li- listening to that right now that is called I want to say it's Wolf Three Five Nine but I'm not 100% sure on that. Hold on, let me look it up here real quick because I do suggest people, if they're interested, yeah, Wolf359. So More wolves. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> it's like they're just wolves. trying to steal your idea here. Um, they're a, uh, if you were we to- We created wolves. Sorry to interrupt on that yeah. one, but we created wolves. You did. Yeah, the concept, the actual animal, just the, throwing that Even the there. look of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was, that was from us. Like, we did that. Like most wolves are really nice and like, friendly to you but when you look at the uh, thunderwolf artwork they're not nice no you no, guys no. are not nice you guys are aggressive no Merk or mark really put to <laughs> pen and paper you know our idea of what a wolf was which was really great but but to the three five yeah, three five nine wolf yeah it's like it's a it's a science fiction podcast so basically cool. the it's a crew of a spaceship that is out outside of our galaxy and the main character is a audio audio com audio communications officer and his job is to search by quadrant the cosmos basically to see he sends out audio signals and he also send, like listens to see if he hears any others and the whole fiction behind it is he is um listening for that and he basically when he 
opens an episode. He's like, hello, faithful listeners, because he's just kind of fucking off at his job. Yeah. And and they turned it into a whole story. And then there's a bunch of crazy shit that happens. I'm not going to get all into it like I did with the other thing. But basically, he, it, it just develops into a story that opens up from there. And it's very beautiful how they did it because it's, really cool. it starts off. And you can almost see how the thing develops just like our podcast where they're, they're like, oh, I bet we could do this. Yeah. And then they expand it and they have like a, they have a crazy like scientist officer that's doing experiments on the crew. And then they've got like, you know, the, the ship commander that's like always like getting on him because he's not doing his job. Like, and it's just good. It's a good, yeah. it's great for long trips. And I know that other people listen to them as actual entertainment, but for me, it's I if I'm going on a long trip, I'm like I Google top ten audio drama podcasts, and then that's I'll download one. This one has like eighty something episodes, and I'm like halfway through. So when I go on another trip, I'll listen to the rest. That's really cool. And I think that we could produce a show like that. That it may not be big here in Indiana, but there's clearly an audience because yeah, these people are starting complete production companies to do full audio drama. And it comes from them creating shows like that. I would love to do the, that kind of thing too. Uh, it's something that I went to school and wanted to get into acting because mm-hmm. um, I love it. I love the drama. I love character work. I uh, very fascinated by it. Um, so I'm learning about these audio dramas that are existing yeah. from you right yeah, now. Yeah, you just got to check cool. them out. It's literally, I mean, it's exactly like radio in like the. 40s and 50s yeah. is that like kind of the time frame that they were doing yeah i think that's it radio dramas and things like that like the lone ranger and yeah. stuff like that that can all be done yeah and now instead of us having to clap fucking wood together for a horse for horse hooves we, we can, can download just download a <laughs> file that will play it the way we want it to be played yeah and just splice it up and make a whole yep. whole line of it yeah, I'm I'm very interested in this and we'll definitely talk more off air about that too. Yeah, I really want to learn we've more. We've gotten really deep on some stuff that has nothing to do with the Thunderwolf podcast. So I, I think you should uh, <laughs> jump into your updates that you guys are always well, doing here. Yeah, we got a couple updates. Um, as, Which I fully enjoy, yeah? by the way. Yeah, is that I, a good, I am good an, segment? I am an avid listener of your guys' show. I don't want you guys to think that... Um, I'm coming on here and I don't actually listen because I've listened to every episode since you guys started. Thank you. Yeah. That's really touching. I really mean yeah. that. And, I, and I've told you guys uh, probably outside of the podcast when we've been hanging out, I only have probably, I can only really realistically keep up with about four podcasts. Yeah. Be, even though they come out weekly. like Because I listen to, I'm a homer, I listen to Heartland Radio, which is, by Pat McAfee's crew. I listen to Pat McAfee's show because I I love knowing about the sports, the behind the scenes things. Right. And then his crew is just funny. So they I like listening to those. And they've been interviewing people lately that are interesting. So I've really enjoyed those. And they put out, I think, an episode. It's like every day, except for I think maybe Friday they don't have an episode. I don't know. It's there's some day of the week that that they don't. I don't think they do. Do one. But that's always my like drive to work show. Yeah. Then my uh traveling between uh locations because I manage multiple locations now because I'm, you know, a boss, you know, yeah. pretty awesome. Um that's when I fit in my other shows. So then there's Thunderwolf podcast, there's movie review with BJ and uh and RB and then 
I, I keep up on PTO Unlimited, which is the Fort Wayne podcast, and then which you met them. Yeah, they yeah, were yeah, awesome. Where did uh, what was the bar uh, we went to? Joe's Grill, Joe's Hundred Sixteenth Street. Yeah, that's where I met them, and they yep. were really cool. Yeah, Alex Limke, Josh Limke, and um, Brett. I think it's Brett Stevens, but I don't want to say that wrong. He wasn't there, was he? No, Brett he didn't make it. Brett Brett has a job that he works that. Uh, prevents him from doing a lot of fun stuff unfortunately <laughs> lame yeah it's i i feel for him but uh yeah and then like i said the pointless discussions which i know you guys yep. know them um they i try to listen to them too so i try to get all these guys in so it like makes it really hard to listen to other stuff because yeah. i'm listening to all my friends and you know prom- like trying to promote them and keep up with what's going on with them which is it is it is difficult. There but are those so are many, my must listens. Said. Those are my must listens. That's I listen awesome, every man. week to all those. That's cool. Yeah, we we're still trying to figure out what we're doing. I think, mm-hmm. um, but we're we're catching up to you. How many episodes do you guys have? You Juice okay. in the Morning. We're, is that the original name mm-hmm. of your show too? Mm-hmm. Yep, we're going on uh, the next episode that's released, which I can't tell the listeners what it's going to be because it might be this one because <laughs> you're going to share the file with me. Um, next episode's two hundred. 200 and that's and not the, like i said toot my own horn but that is 200 not counting all of the bonus episodes and all of the nfl podcasts that i've done yeah so i don't count those in that 200 i always put like you know juice in the morning and poly sleepers so i don't know how i think we did like 12 or 14 of those last year maybe more we did the whole nfl season and then this year we've done um, just the Pick'em show, and we've done, I think, 10 to 12, maybe 13 of those. So, And then multiple other bonus episodes of like yeah. doing shows with you guys and then putting that on the on the feed as well. So you your experience under those, 200 plus, mm-hmm. maybe 300. Maybe. Probably close to 300 just if we're talking about doing other people's podcasts yeah. too. Because I've been interviewed on a bunch in the beginning, which once again, you just go through this whole like transition of figuring out how to podcast. I was a guest on like multiple shows where I called in, never heard from these people again. Yeah. <laughs> Ever. Yeah. It's like, they just wanted a guest because they wanted to put out content. Never yeah. heard from them again. I gotta, I gotta learn more about that. How to bring calls in for people. who? Oh, can't. It's, it's super easy. I thought it was, but I, I I'd started looking up the research. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, on last episode, uh, Paige, yeah. who who acted as co-host, um, she and I have been talking a little bit about that idea about seeing if you know she could call in once in a while or right. w- how that would look. So that's something I know. I could always show you re- that. Yeah, I would love that. <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, to the Thunderwolf updates. We had two this time, and then I wanted to talk to you. As you've said, as we've said a couple times here, um, you... Justin have recently got involved in stand-up comedy. Yep. So I definitely want to get explore right. that too. Uh, Thunderwolf updates. We've got the two for you. That's the wrong mouse. I've got two mice. Yeah, you're, you've got two mice over there. Yeah, it's 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 dramatic. You're pretty techie. It's dramatic. You're a techie guy. Uh, Thunderwolf <laughs> updates. Thousands of people living in Las Vegas sewers underground, like a city that they've built. Uh, you and I before we <laughs> recorded. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just like I'm trying to remember the name of the uh, mutants that live underground in the X Men series, and I just can't remember. I will have absolutely no idea. Uh, this this story came. I saw on Facebook. Um, it was 
from Buznik, a secret community of over a thousand homeless people live in tunnels under Las Vegas. It sounds like they have a home, though. Yeah, it's under Las Vegas. It's it's kind of insane. It's not traditional, I suppose, but. Uh, the story says, deep beneath Las Vegas' famous strip of glittering lights lies a sinister labyrinth of underground flood tunnels. The 200-plus miles of flood tunnels are home to a secret community of over a 1,000 homeless people who uh, they just they live underground. It's absolutely insane. It's I've insane. seen a video where they have, I mean, they have full-on structures built yeah. under there, like houses. Not yeah. houses, but, you know rooms i i have the that article pulled up next to me here um i'm trying to position it so you can yeah. see it too i mean there's bunk beds yeah there's way more room for activities it it was cool too to see some of the, how they built these constructions like they're uh oh no my computer is freaking out wow, they, they legitimately that. uh built structures like i yeah. mean it's not even yeah. a joke and it's it makes sense because of how dry Las Vegas is, right? I assume, right? Because you do have that drainage and that kind of stuff. But does it mention in the article anything about rain washing away stuff? Uh, this particular one didn't. I, I know when I mentioned to you, I think it might say something about like that could be a risk. Yeah. Um, but this article didn't go into it much, which is something I want to explore more is th these people's lives. Essentially, by the way, the uh, the name of the underground mutants, they're basically Morlocks. That's what it is. Morlocks. Any, Morlocks. That was like, the, <laughs> if you watch the, the old cartoon that doesn't hold up very well. Yeah. Uh, it's like they just like put all of the gross, ugly, like disgusting mutants <laughs> underground. underground. Yeah. They just tucked them away. <laughs> yeah. And they... Uh, like the one that like his power is like shooting boogers out of his fingers Gross. Like that's how, on that's the ground how with you people. you're not allowed in our up up ground camp yeah exactly uh here this, this is where it said just a little part despite the risks from disease God. highly venomous spiders and flooding washing them away they just they live there can you believe that that exists i i was i was really surprised that like I could, I can imagine, you know, a few people, maybe, yeah. maybe a hundred, even a small, like homeless off the grid community. Right. But this is a, an actual city yeah. underground. And this is one we know about, right? Mm -hmm. Now we do, I guess. They were, they were also the video I watched, they were talking about how people barter and trade for stuff. Oh, I, I can only Cigarettes, imagine. Cigarettes, alcohol, booze. Big money. Um, the the video I was watching, they actually like took with them those things. They took cigarettes. They gave them to this guy in like a wheelchair because they the people were very um, not willing to talk to them. Yeah, and by having that stuff, people were like opening up and saying, "Yeah, I'll, you know, I'll chat with you about this situation." And they actually even walked by a group that it during the video you they don't notice it, but like the video like as the documentary crew is doing this they kind of like highlight like these like dark circles in the background of the video yeah and it's basically two or three people with handguns that were like ready to kill these people that were in there recording and interviewing people because they didn't know who they were and they were outsiders so they were like gonna like do some damage That's to these crazy. people and they didn't do it they didn't do it because you know they, they saw the cigarettes. cameras cigarettes they saw the like lights and they were like well we don't want to be like caught on camera killing these people so but that's that's crazy they it's, said they said it's a very like protected 
society underground. It's like the Appalachian people. Mm-hmm. I don't know the Appalachian people. The mountain people. Oh, okay. In Appalachia, who yep. they're similar in that way. Like you, you don't come up to those people. You don't. You don't invade their their area. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless invited, right? You don't. You don't or show the, up. Or the reverend that was killed by the uh, the tribe on yeah, the island, yeah, because he was trying to go there to preach Christianity. To yeah, him. I, that guy. I don't know what he was thinking. <laughs> I may, maybe he was doing documentary stuff, but I don't know. It just seemed like I will be the guy. I'm the guy. I closest. think we talked about this on like we Juice of the have. Morning episode one twenty two or something like that. That guy was wild. Uh, but yeah, this this. That it exists, and uh, I want to. I want to research more about these people. Um, you know, it's really wild. They just have flashlights. Yeah, that's their lighting system. Underneath uh, Indianapolis, there is. I've heard about tunnels this. that they're building. Um, a company that works with my company. Uh, they took us down under the under the tunnels. It's like, oh wow! I want to. I want to say it's almost a hundred. It might be more, but it's a hundred feet at least underground, and you take a crane down into it and um preparing for the nuclear apocalypse it's well that might be but (laughs) what what they what they state they're doing is uh they're making irrigation for the city of indianapolis so that when water and everything um irrigates out of the city it used to just go like right into like um stuff that would affect us Mm -hmm. and now they're building it to go into two water treatment plants and the wild story that the guy told us, though, that was taking us down there was like they use like they're using dynamite to like break up the rock and like oh, get yeah. it out of there. And they said that uh, they had <clears throat> they had to take the fire department and police department down there because they were underneath an apartment building doing this. And from the loud like shaking and noise and things like that, they had over hundreds of calls that the uh, the apartment building and other people were thinking that like something terrible was happening under the ground. And so they had to like go and show them what they were doing and like let them know like, hey, you might get phone calls about this because we're like blowing up rocks 100 feet underground. Were the, the police and the fire department, were they not notified that no. this company was <laughs> no. like excavating? The, 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 <gasps> it's literally Citizens Energy Group. They're the ones who are doing it. No kidding. And there was not, I mean, there was obviously probably prior warning like with city planning and stuff yeah. like that, but... I'm sure not every emergency department was made aware that this was going on. So then when these people are calling, the emergency department's freaking out. They don't know what to do. Um, so then they showed them. They showed them what they were doing, and then it was like... They're like, oh, okay, you're yeah. Citizens Energy, so n- <laughs> not a big deal. Yeah. yeah, that's who we have. That's who's providing the mm-hmm. power for the uh The Thunderwolf podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Citizens. Thank you, Citizens Energy. <laughs> Uh, the the other update was uh, I saw this uh, I saw this a couple days ago yes and I read a little bit of it and then I was like this there's okay so let me read uh, man claims his fart can kill mosquitoes six meters away this was from Oddity Central uh, this isn't the particular website I first <laughs> saw it on but the the story reads a Ugandan man whose farts can allegedly kill mosquitoes. Six meters away, claims to have been offered deals by companies looking to turn his flatulence into commercial insect repellent. He's also definitely a Morlock. He's one that should be underground. Yeah, they, they're like, <laughs> Booger Man, we don't need you. But Mosquito Fart Guy, come on up. We actually got a place for you on the X-Men. Uh, 
I'm not even going to attempt his last name. Uh, <laughs> Joe Ugandan last name. A 48-year-old man from Kampala in Uganda says he eats ordinary food and that his farts smell no worse than anyone else's. So that's good. <laughs> so he, he's just a normal guy on the outside. Uh, what, what kind of effects does it have on humans? That's what I want to know. Uh, I'm sure that's why these companies are allegedly... Yeah. Pulling him out to do some tests, but he, he's literally causing cancer and everybody. Oh, I'm him. sure. <laughs> uh, to insects like malaria transmitting mosquitoes, Joe, Ugandan last name, has gas he passes and it's deadly to them. Uh, he says his insect repelling farts are famous around town and people know that whenever he is around, mosquitoes magically vanish. Uh, so the story just continues to read about this and it talks about how he's just got normal smelling farts and the people that they're asking questions and they're just like, yeah, it just, you know, smells, smells like he tooted, but (laughs) all the mosquitoes are gone. Uh, when pulling up this earlier, um, Snopes has a different side of the story. (laughs) Snopes says it's all a bunch of bullshit. Bunch of bullshit. Uh, insect repellent companies hired a Ugandan man whose flatulence was deadly to mosquito. Big red stop sign from Snopes. (laughs) Very false. Uh, so I I, I don't know. Like I want to believe who propagated it. it. Yeah, I want to believe it. I mean, he's they made a video about it. Yeah. So I think honestly. Uh, you may or may not hear this part, depending, but I might just cut out the Snopes part and just leave it as, you know, it's like a Ripley's Believe It or Not, like man farts. By the way, Ripley's Believe It or Not, when I found out that some of the stuff that they talked about was totally fabricated as a kid, it blew my mind. I didn't find out when I was a kid. I when found out when I was an adult. Yeah? When was I that? I thought it was all real. Like. Uh, right now? Are you finding out right now? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> this is it. This is it. just turns out. <laughs> it's a- Next, you're going to tell me Santa's not real, all right? Hey, holidays are coming up. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I watch Ripley's all the time. I bought the books at all like the scholastic fairs because, oh, these are so cool. Very this fantastical this. stories. Yeah. And I thought, <laughs> wow, the world is a cool place. And then I learned. <laughs> and you slowly learned that yeah. it's, it's all right. Then I watched Big Fish, yeah. the, the Tim Burton movie. Mm-hmm. And it all, you know, came into full picture. And that's that was probably the moment when I decided to just be a liar and just lie about everything, too. Because that, You're that actually was way lying more to me right now. Ripley's, believe it or not, is 100% accurate. Yeah, it's 100% accurate. And Thunderwolf, this is, uh, we've never done a podcast before. So it's <laughs> and all... you created wolves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> I, I, I fall into the pattern. But yeah, um, so he, don't look anytime soon uh, for that. Mosquito killing fart powder. Uh, it's actually BS. Do but you, it's a funny joke. Do you worry about mosquitoes? Do you get bit a lot in the uh, warmer months? Um, I used to as a kid. I got bitten. Bitten? Mm-hmm. I would say it's bitten. Is it bitten or bit? I got bit. I, I, I think gotten, I got bit would I've be gotten. would sound like you're a country bumpkin. Yeah. I was I trying to be. I got bit by the mosquitoes bit. a lot. I, I honestly don't know why I can't decipher that grammar right now, but I can't. So, yeah, as a kid, um, I had, I was victim to a lot of mosquito you bites. You were victimized by mosquitoes. But not, I, I wouldn't say so much anymore. My roommate, who you met earlier, um, she gets eaten alive by mosquitoes. <laughs> I'm just going to avoid the word. Uh, she, she has suffered. She has frequent immensely. mosquito bites. Yeah, which something about. 
your diet, your blood. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I don't I, think I have blood anymore, actually. <laughs> well, we are we all are part of the matrix or the simulation that's going on right now. So yeah, the world in it. Even in the inside of us are. It's not actually real. No, I don't think so anymore. Um, I mean, we've got, we've we've touched on that on other episodes. So, um, but no, I just I was curious about that because my. I always like tell people like almost like a badge of honor, like mosquitoes don't mess with me. Yeah. But then like a day or two after a uh, event, it's almost like delayed onset mosquito bites. Cause I don't, like I don't feel them on me at an event. Yeah. I don't even feel them the next day, but two days later, Oh, there, that's really bad. And I'm, I'm itching all over the place and I'm scratching right now. And I'm hoping that everybody listening feels wild, like phantom itches. That's a that's like a really legs. interesting phenomenon, isn't it? Yeah. When somebody starts talking about bugs oh, or insects, if you mention any kind of insects around my wife, she starts she in- instantly itchy. feels itchy. I do that when people mention lice. <laughs> I used to work at a school, and when kid, and it was just like, nope, I've got it, I'm done. I have never in my life come into contact with lice ever. Like I never even had like a kid in my class have it. I had him. As a as a little kid, how did I, I hated it? Did it? Did it like? Did you know you had like? Did you understand what was going on, or were you young enough that it was like oh, I don't I don't know what lice is? But no, I was ooh, trying to think back to the age. My little brother and sister had it Maybe too, seven or eight. But I wasn't living at home at the time, so they did. You didn't have to mess with them exactly. at all. Exactly, never came into contact with it. I remember where I was because it was a traumatic thing. Like I've oh, yeah. never liked bugs mm-hmm. um, and you know, the whole thing and everybody tells you and everybody tells their kids, lice love clean hair more. Right, it's right, not right, a right, thing right. of dirty. It's yeah. this and that. But it didn't matter to me. That doesn't, And that doesn't matter to me. other kids. No. Other kids think that that's the dirty kid. Yeah, it's gross. It's yeah. nasty and I hate bugs. I've always hated bugs. But I remember I was watching TV once uh, little kid old house i was in we had a rocking chair upstairs Mm -hmm. and i loved the rocking chair and i would sit in it and i had this green blanket and i had it up on me and i remember it was like this dark green so you could see anything on it really well and my head itched and i scratched and i was watching tv still and i looked down because i saw movement on the and then there was a little white you know louse moving crawling along that would freak me the fuck out and i grabbed it with my fingers and just squeezed it and just held it between my fingers and my all of my hair was standing up. You know, what little arm hair you stressed start, out. Yeah, straight up, cold sweat immediately. I was like, oh no, I'm gross. I'm I'm nasty. I have this. It's bugs. Put it on tape and then like folded it over as I'd seen done. I grew up on the country, so that's what you did with ticks or that's, that's what interesting. you did. I'd never heard of that so i folded it over on yeah. like clear tape so that i you had uh specimens so i could show it yeah. <laughs> and, and that's i that's awesome and i carried it downstairs. i would not have thought of that yeah yeah and and i was like mom yeah look she was like oh shit yeah you've got lice yeah turns out somebody you know in the in the school had it and mm. it was probably around i don't i don't know winter time or something right. hats and coats oh, are yeah. all touching Mixed each other together yeah so it's, I got it, and it m- was mortifying. I, I that was the only time, but since then, I mean, bugs and kids with, you know, and it happens. Mm-hmm. But good thing I'm not a parent. I would kick that kid out. Like I said, I've been gone. Super lucky. I've never been around it at oh, all. Ever. So like gross. we've never even had. Like I don't remember even how to having a kid 
that had it and then we had to have our hair checked like i don't I yes don't, i don't remember any of that oh and then they wore the the school nurse wore the the latex gloves oh, and yeah. that, the toothpick and like the comb oh i can feel it now mm-hmm. you can, ugh, I don't, yeah i and, hate them hey bugs uh like i said my little brother and sister also already are super anxious and like i think they worry about what people think about them because of the day and age that it is yep and i mean when they were you know seven or eight six maybe they they had it at home and they had to like trash bag everything up yeah clean everything go through the whole cleaning process oh you know what i'm getting that feeling i'm getting that itchy feeling (laughs) there it is i did it to myself like a spooky story i my head is itchy now (laughs) well as soon as you started talking about it i didn't want you to notice but i like reached up and scratched like the side of my face i think that i nat like not even realizing that i did it yeah i was like oh man like my hair is itchy (laughs) (laughs) what a gross feeling Um, but no uh how did we even get to that? From, um, oh, the talking about bugs and, bugs. and mosquitoes. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that was that the was the the Thunderwolf updates. Then, yeah, that's right? those. Was that both of them? Yeah, that's both of them. Only those two, but I thought those two were were pretty solid. What this I week. really like about your guys' updates is how they do just develop into conversation that's not even like necessarily associated with the update. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when when Shane presented that idea. Uh, I don't know, 20 episodes ago, 15, I don't know how many. Um, but I was like, yeah, that's a great, great idea. Uh, we usually put them at the beginning of the episode too because as a podcaster, you know, sometimes having guests on who may have never done a podcast before, right. aren't familiar with the sound of their own voice or hearing it because at first that's pretty jarring. Yeah. When I first started doing anything on a microphone, hearing myself back, I hated and. Uh, it's still, we talked about that with headphones and our voices in the mm-hmm. beginning. Um, but it's a great conversation starter. I think it's just an easy thing in the news. Maybe people have seen it. It's easily relatable. And then you develop a talk about and then, lice and you, and you also, that's honestly, that's ingenious that you guys thought of it that way, because I just thought of it as like a fun segment. But then if you, you just started kind of making my mind race a little bit about it and think about, it does just kind of like open people up and like relaxes them probably. Exactly. And that's very similar to, you know, when we were going to talk about like stand up comedy, like my first couple of jokes always feel kind of shaky because yeah. I am so new. But once I get past that, like first one, I feel like I settle into like, and this is what I've called it. I don't know if other, and people can dissect me to pieces about this, but this is just, an original thought, something that I think of, I consider it like sports where you're in the pocket and you feel comfortable. Yep. And yeah. you're like, okay, so I can do this. And then because, and I'll even say this, uh, a lot of people that I've talked to say that, you know, they still get nervous before they go up. I'm not nervous. I am hoping that I do well. Yeah. Um, but I look at, like I've always in um, any kind of capacity that I've had to either be in front of people, play sports in front of people, do anything in front of people. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I, I actually like fully love that feeling. Like I get like that feeling makes me keep like wanting to keep going back, even if I'm not doing the greatest. Yeah. Like, for example, comedy, like I'm not a great comedian. I'm not good. I would even say that. 
I think every comedian says that. But yeah, but the but you guys even touched on um, the fact that I've even read this, and I've heard other comedians say this. If somebody tells you that you're funny in person and you're yep. talking with people, you should do. Comedy. You should try stand up comedy. You should do it. Yeah, and they they want you to they want you to get out there and try it. And I <laughs> this is so bad for me to say on the podcast. Nobody's ever told me I should try stand up comedy. Nobody's ever thought that like I was funny enough in person that they were like, oh, you should try to like go up in front of people and tell tell jokes. Yeah, but I enjoy it so much, and it's similar to podcasting where. I've watched it so much that I was like, I want to do that. I want to yeah. try it. I want to be car- part of the scene. Because um, Indianapolis has a scene. Oh, yeah. It's a big scene. Yep. I don't think people realize how many talented comedians are in Indianapolis right now. And um, I, I don't even know. That's one of the things that, like, I don't, once again, I'm super new into this, and maybe I'm way off base here, but I actually disagreed listening when Lexi Madrid said there was, like, maybe three to five people or something that like are going to make it in Indianapolis. Yeah. I truly think that there, that might be like a good, a good number to say like people that you think might like end up with like a Netflix special. But if you talk about people that could go out and start making a living being a road comic, there's way more than three to five. And so I, so here in Indy, so that's why I would, yeah. So that's why I would love to, get on a podcast with her or have her on juice in the morning too, because I would like to kind of discuss and break that down a little bit. Because when you guys were talking about it, like that was one of the things I was like, Oh man, I want to kind of like, I wish I was not just a fly on the wall in this situation. I was actually able to ask, you know, what I, what I think about that or what she thinks about my opinion on that. Yeah. And that was, so her being on that, it was a spontaneous episode and as we were going there were some more questions that i wanted to get into um exactly that kind of idea go deeper on those Mm -hmm. things and talk about that um and i i i mean i'm speaking for her but i'm sure she'd be interested in in having another conversation a follow-up to that or another episode i think if we could work out the scheduling i'd love that'd be really cool juice in the morning because I have so many questions. Like I said, I'm super new. I've done it's it's kind of nerdy, but I have a uh, journal in my phone. That's that, awesome. That is like all of my the location, the date, and uh, the venue, uh, or I guess location, but the venue, the date, and how I felt I did um, in my phones. And I'm at like seven open mics. That's awesome. Point. So it's not even that much. Where's your favorite place to go and? Do your stand up so, so far. So so far, I'll just be. I mean, I'm. I'm. I've only really only been three places. So I've done Level Up, which is just down the road here in Irving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't know they they hadn't. They do open an open mic. mic on Thursdays, and they're gonna start doing something on Fridays. Oh wow! Um, actually, <clears throat> if the wife will allow. I'm I'm supposed to host their first late night Friday open mic this Friday. It's 11 p.m. is oh, when it cool. starts. So I'm not sure if the the wife's going to let me. I told the guy that runs the show that I'll be able to host. I can probably do an hour, which doesn't mean I'm t- 
talking that whole hour. It's literally I'll do maybe like five minutes of my material and then I'll introduce every comedian that is there for the open mic. Yeah. And I've really enjoyed hosting a lot. Um, I've done it twice. Uh, I did it at um, Kettletop Brewhouse, which I will say Kettletop Brewhouse has been the most fun. And that's in Anderson, Indiana. That was the most fun because there was an actual crowd there and the crowd was there to laugh. And uh, <laughs> it's so funny. Uh, my third open mic was Kettletop that I that I actually really tried. My right. first open mic was like almost two years ago at Kettletop. And I wrote a bunch of stuff. And then on the way there, Shane and I went together to do an open mic together. And on the way there, I was like, nope, fuck this. I threw everything out the window. And I was like, I'm just going to tell a story I've told 800 times in my life about me pooping my pants at Ball State, like at Dill Street. Like, yeah. Because I've told that story so many times. I know all the beats. I know how to do it. And I think it'll be funny. So I did that. Got a couple of laughs. Didn't go back up to do stand-up comedy for over two years. And then, um, but Kettletop is the best because, and in my opinion so far, because the... Um, show is well run. Kyle Buck runs the show. Okay. Um, he's, I, I think he is from Anderson up there or he lives in Anderson. He runs the show. Um, they always, he always really does a good job of setting it up so that it's entertaining for the crowd. So the crowd's there and ready to laugh. Yeah. And yeah. they're regulars there. That has to make a difference. Has and, to make a difference. And, right? it, and like I said, it was my third, my third open mic. And I felt like I, I didn't crush like to where the it was laughing the whole time. Yeah, but at the end, I was like, after the, my third open mic, I was like, "This is easy. I'm gonna do great. I'm gonna be amazing at this." Very next one, terrible. Bombed it. Not, and yes, I mean, in if you want to like say legitimate terms, yes, bombed because I went to Gutty's, which is a clean comedy club, and I did a uh, open mic there. Gutties is entirely made up of stand-up comedians. So there was seven of us in the building. The um, It was just a completely different feel. So yeah. I was on stage. Lights are hitting me. I can't see any. And that's where uh, I actually talked to a comedian this past weekend. And he was like, you have to get up at like Helium, Crackers, um, those other open mics. Because I did... Because they were like, you'll build bad habits doing bar shows because you'll start, you you can see the audience, you can interact with the audience, you can kind of play off of their emotions, their reactions, you can kind of see if something's working or not working. Whereas when you're on stage with all the lights, you can't really see people that well. Yeah. So you can't, something that might work at the bar show is not going to work on that stage. So he was like, you have to get up and do that stuff. And so when I went up on this gutty stage, lights are bright. Can't see anybody in the audience. A lot of these comedians had already seen me do jokes before. So they know what's coming. So it's not going to make them laugh. So then when I didn't have any of the laughs, I kind of panicked. Like I just panicked. Like I freaked out. I I messed up my, um, my opening line, like my straight line. And then messed up the the punchline because I was thrown off because I knew I had messed up the beginning. Right. So it just threw me off completely and I sucked. Like I felt, and I felt horrible. Like I like, got off how stage. long was your set? Five minutes. 
four or five minutes. Yeah. But it felt that that five minutes felt longer than any other five <laughs> minutes I'd ever done. Yep. And I was like, <laughs> I got, I got to like the midpoint or like my, I guess maybe even like three quarters of the way through. And I just had an, I had never had this like clear thought and it was like, just get the fuck out of there. Just get out of there. Like finish, like just be done. Like don't, don't try to be funny anymore. Just like finish. Just it. accept it. <laughs> yeah. And so I just like kind of like finished up my last joke and I was like, all right, I'm Justin. Thank you. I've been, you know, you guys have been great. And I just stepped off stage and just sat down and watched the last guy. And the last guy was funny. His name's Haas Ridgeway and he's kind of a country guy. Yeah. And uh, he's a clean country comedian. He was, he had really good stuff. Is he, he still funny. performing too? Yeah. 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 He's uh he's like a, um, I'd say like a mid-level, uh, headliner at you know a traveling as a traveling comedian i have absolutely no personal interest to do stand-up comedy but i love it and i want to be more involved in the scene and meet all these people dude there's so many cool people that's what i'm like i'm starting to notice but on top of that there's too many people that and like I don't want to like burn bridges, so I'm not like I'm not mentioning anybody specific because there's not anybody specific. This is just the vibe I get. There is the cool people, the cool guys that are like really good. Yeah, that doesn't necessarily mean they're really good at comedy. That just means that they're on everything, they're at every show, they do everything. Um, then there's people like me that I I consider myself kind of like fringe around those people because I can't be at every open mic, I can't be at every show, so it's like. It's hard for me to like really ingrain myself into that group because it's a, like it's a click almost. Yeah, where they want everybody to be like, I don't know. There's there's different clicks. That's all I can say. And it's it's in, it's kind of weird to be honest because it makes it difficult to feel like you can get in, even though there is a large group. Yeah, that are very welcoming and very friendly and want to you to succeed and be a part of everything. But then it feels like the, it feels like the the scene di- dictates what success is. That's a yeah. It's an interesting. I think that's a very interesting scenario, because I think I'm not involved, and I you know like I said don't plan to be. But on the outside looking in, and just off of this information, I really want to become part of yeah. these and go to them more and see myself. But if it's almost the people who are going to all of the shows who are showing up to all the open mics who are headlining on all of these different places they're they've almost created like a vetted hierarchy yeah which on first glance i can i could see but as somebody starting out and going how that would be difficult to get into right. and at the same time it almost it almost keeps a perimeter of quality yeah. and to, if, and to, to what they yeah, do like right? i said to flip it on its head you don't want somebody that is like myself to come in and be like, oh, this guy should be on a show. Yeah. A paid show. Like, no, I shouldn't be on a paid show. Um, but at the, the then once again, I go into the flip side of things where I feel like I am networked enough with a lot of people and enough people that I feel like I can get people to shows. So that automatically builds a a currency for me because um, 
it's your cigarettes for the underground people, right? <laughs> right, exactly. That's hundred percent true, um, and accurate. Uh, like, I know it's not a big deal, and I don't want to come off sounding like I'm a complete asshole, which this might come off sounding like an asshole, so I'm going to say it anyways. <laughs> um, I've done seven open mics, yeah, and I've already had the opportunity because people are very generous and nice to me, and I feel like we get along and are, you know, I feel like I'm a likable person. I've been asked to do, to host a paid, I'm not, I told them I don't want to be paid because I don't feel like I'm bringing anything like a value to the table besides yeah. my couple of stupid minutes that I've worked on for seven, like seven open mics. Yep. But I've already been invited to be part of a show that is like a, a show. And there's a lot of like open micers like myself that have been doing this for a long time that were not invited to do a show. Um, I think that I may not be the funniest person, but I feel like I'm going to be likable enough that I'm going to be able to be a part of the community and be a valuable part of the community. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's And that's what I'm saying to all of the, the stand-up comedians out there that are, you know, way better than me. Like, you know, I completely appreciate your guys art and the thing that you do but i also want people to appreciate the fact that i'm going to be able to bring something to the table i don't know if that makes sense yeah i so might just be kind of rambling about it no so what you're saying is you're better than them and they <laughs> <laughs> I'm, ki- I'm kidding <laughs> yeah i'm gonna tell I'm everybody gonna... that i'm the best out there listen i've done seven now okay <laughs> i'm pretty much how an many, expert how many you know? have you guys done you know what i mean Seven's all you need. Yeah. No, but but Siri, I, I can I can get that. I can understand what you're saying there. I even have like an idea, like of a. It's not even a joke. It's just kind of a a thought on stand up comedy. That stand up comedy is very similar to the corporate world. Yeah. You don't have to be the best at your job to have success. You just have to be likable. Yeah. People just have to like you. And if people like you, that doesn't necessarily mean you're the funniest fucking person in the room. But people like you, you bring people to a location, they pay money to be there, you're already a commodity. Yeah. Even if like I mean, if you think it's back on resource like, management and creation, right? Yeah. If you think back on like uh Dane Cook, one of my favorite, like his one of his specials. I don't want to say he's one of my favorite comedians. Right. But one of his specials, the vicious circle, that time period where he was just killing like MySpace and like social media. He was everywhere for a hot minute. He was literally everywhere and everybody knew who he was. But you, any person that like creates comedy as an art and writes comedy as an art and is very passionate about what they do can go and look at that and say, yeah, that's not the best comedy ever in the world. Technically, but he was literally selling out arenas right. of people and he had that huge following. So even if he went into one of those arenas and felt like he had a bad night, there's hun- hundreds of people, thousands of people laughing. Yeah. Like how can you distinguish that as a, a bad night? I mean, I guess he would know because he's done it, but. Um, but like I said, it's not the best, but he put asses in seats and he made money for the people that put on the shows. Yeah. And I might be way out of element too. Um, but that's something that I do often enough that I know that I 
have something to say about, you know, being out of element too. Uh, I think Dane Cook offered what we talked about last episode with Lexi, Mm -hmm. which is something you and I are just talking about now is that relatability, Mm -hmm. the relatability of the time, I think more than anything. So Dane Cook at that time was the most, most popular is one of the the most popular at that moment at that point because his material resonated with the people right so it's not being the best of all time or comparison of that it's i guess success in comedy is how relatable you can be in the very now Mm -hmm. is that would that would you say that's true and and i would also want to say because of the person I am and the the fact that I'm not able to go out to every open mic and work out new material all the time. I'll tell you right now, my writing process is when I think of something or a joke, it probably is different than a lot of people, which maybe it's not, maybe it is similar because like I said, I'm so new into it, but my writing process is, will this joke be able to stand up for, could I tell this forever? Right. And that's that's the way I'm looking at it because once once again I'm not the funniest person. I'm and when I write jokes, it takes me a long time to get to something that I think even people are going to laugh at. And then when I actually tell it on stage, yeah, it takes a minute for me to actually edit it down or change things to where people are actually going to laugh at it. And I think to me, it's it's almost. Uh, like pulling teeth to get stuff together. So once if I want, because I've already, I've got the five minutes I feel comfortable telling right now, not great material, not like not crushing material, but I've written like two other things on top of that, that I've tried recently that I think is going to be really funny. One is okay. The other one's God awful because I don't have it memorized. Like yeah. I can't, like I can't regurgitate it perfectly. And that's like so frustrating because you feel like it came from your brain. You should be able to say it. You should be able to tell it. And I have a hard time with that. So I think it's going to take me a long time to build up a large amount of material yeah. that I can remember off the top of my head. And so. And the fact that I can only do maybe one open mic a week, that's what I've given myself a task. Like I'm going to do at least one a week for to keep up and to keep working at it and keep trying muscle. to get better. Um, and that's where, like I, I talked about it, like we have already talked about it on the Facebook post where I feel like there's not enough time in the world. Yeah. I, if, <clears throat> if I want to get great at all of these things that I'm interested in, there might be a time in the near future where I have to like legitimately just cut out like six things that I do and focus on one thing. So I'm in this weird moment in my life where, you know, I have a, a kid on the way. Yeah. Stand up comedy. I've told you golf. I know golf yep. sounds so silly, but golf is very important to me because I want to be better than all of my friends and family. Um, naturally (laughs) and, uh, podcasting media doing just videos in general, uh, all of that stuff combined, I am spread to like too thin to where I can't really get great at any of these things. So in the next coming year or two, I'm literally on this like precipice and I got to decide which direction I'm going to jump, start cutting some things out. Right. I got to just decide. Yep. And my motorcycle, that's the other one. <laughs> yeah. Working on that, tooling around on that bad boy. 
There's just not enough time to do all this stuff. So you got to figure out what you want. If you were to define right now what you want to focus on, what are, what is the one that you want to focus on and keep going? But see, that's tough to to, to call because right now I, I, my first my first thought is to say comedy. But is that just because that's what I'm the most interested in right now? Right. Because right. what if I what if I decide oh. I don't need to ride my bike. I'll sell my bike. Uh, I'll get rid of my golf clubs. I'll get rid of the podcast. I won't do the podcast. I'll just do podcasts when people invite me on. I'm going to miss all of that stuff. <coughs> I guarantee I'm going to miss that stuff, even if I get good at the other thing. Would you say that you're obsessive compulsive? A little bit. Yeah, I, I, I can say that about myself too. Um, when I get very involved in something, I get involved and I get uh, very interested in learning everything I can about it, and then suddenly, without warning, it's gone. Yeah. And then it's no longer an interest of mine. But wow, I was willing to sacrifice everything for it in right. that moment. Um, and I think that's an interesting thing, just to do you fear? Do you fear at all, or not fear? Do you think that the fear of not being successful when you learn and get all into that thing is that what makes you maybe stop? Cause that for me, that's, I think that that's what mine is, is because I would like, I would like nothing more in this life to just quit my job and try to do all the stuff that I enjoy yeah. and, <clears throat> and make a living from that and just focus on that. Right. But I think I fill my life with all of these hobbies and things that I like because I don't want to really take that risk on one thing. Yeah. Cause if you spread your, you know, I'm I'm good or okay at a lot of different things, then I've got a lot of options, right? Yeah. But as soon as I start narrowing those down and say, well, I would never do this, I won't ever do this one, now suddenly you're you're committed, right? God, we're on like a therapy couch right now because I'm like honestly introspectively looking at all yeah. my thoughts on how I do things. Yeah, this is the uh, this is the couch and what we should what you should do with it. So a running title actually before Thunderwolf podcast, um, one that Shane didn't like. Uh, I love it and I still love it. And you know maybe in the future it might be a concept, but uh, a podcast called Should on the Couch. And of course it sounds exactly like what you think it sounds like, but it's Should on the Couch. Yeah. And it's just talking about that kind of introspection of your like personal analysis almost um, where you start exploring those kind of things. Like, you know, we've talked about a man who farts and kills mosquitoes, underground people, podcasting, comedy. Cause and I literally, I'm not kidding. I think I just learned about myself that I spread myself thin with all these things because of what you just said. I've created options. And then when I get old and bitter, I can say, well, I could have done all of this stuff. Yeah. But I, so I never actually took the time to do it. Yep. So pick one kid and, you know, settle <laughs> and you're, you don't be like me. And yeah, it's, uh, and God, I, that's a sad, like, not isn't really it sad? I guess. I don't know. I think it's sad maybe, for me. Maybe personally it is. it is. Yeah. Um, personally, I think it, it, it can be. Um, and I don't, I don't really know yet what to do with that idea or that realization. And I mean, it's more accepted than it isn't, I think, at this mm -hmm. point. Um, but when you're, when you're not like an intrinsic talent, right? I mean, you have to put work into podcasts. Mm -hmm. You have to put work into your comedy. You have to put work into everything you do. 
So if you just put work into everything, almost like crowdsourcing your success, then you feel good, but what has it meant? Right. Where's, where is meaning? Mm -hmm. But that's a really deep, but but I've, but I've always like, I've gotten my, my whole idea of everything is like, (laughs) I've said this on the podcast many times is my, my goal from all of this was like, I want to be famous. I want to be known by everybody. Um, and I've talked about this with other people and I think it's a great topic for us to talk about. Uh, one of my biggest and main fears of death is dying and not being remembered by anybody or not. Nobody caring that I existed. So your legacy, right? Yeah. Nobody caring that I existed. So that's why I think that a lot of these things that we, that we've attempted and taken on is because of that end goal. I've looked deeper inside myself to figure out why that is, why I want that. And I've come to the, the, the conclusion that, you know, growing up and not knowing my dad is like, what's pushed me into all of this stuff. We're in some, some deep psychoanalysis now. and I love it. So that's what that that's like. So we're here at this moment and, you know, I feel like I keep doing, but then once, like I said, when you, when you presented that options thing, that started to make me think that I'm defeating myself by doing a bunch of different stuff. Right. But I don't know. Like, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to change. It's hard to change. Yeah. It's like the, the guys you were telling me about the, or guys and ladies. I, I don't know the comedy scene though. Yeah. Those who are at every single event. They are there doing their stand-up. They're, they're watching, they're learning, they're observing every single time. I wonder if they have a million things that they like that they do as and well. are competitive with mm-hmm. or if that's what they have decided and stuck to it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a right answer. I don't think so. No. Uh, I think contextually it's pretty open, mm-hmm. but I don't know because I, I wonder about that too. With things I'm interested in, what what pushes you to do music and the podcast and stuff like that? Uh, it used to be legacy. It used to be very similar. I think in 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 philosophy of I don't want to, uh, I don't want to die and not be remembered. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, probably a couple years ago, maybe two, maybe three, uh, I had given up the idea of legacy. I'd given up the idea of meaning entirely and resolved that uh, to a little jokey point of the like simulation theory. Yeah. And like, so like kind of like nihilism. Yeah. Pure nihilism. I, I had completely committed and accepted nihilism as the truth, which I still do. <laughs> However, uh, at the end of nihilism, the logical and emotional conclusion is, I think, the the absence of everything, mm-hmm. right? At the end, there's there's nothing, and it doesn't matter. Right. But I couldn't, I couldn't go through with ultimate nihilism, mm-hmm. which is ceasing to exist. And for me, in that moment, it almost created this. Uh, no, it it didn't almost. It did create this existence of absurdism. Right this thought of, well, if it, if I'm not doing it for legacy, if I'm not doing it for pride, if I'm not doing it for this or that reason, uh, because nothing matters, 
well, then why don't I do it because I decide it matters? If it doesn't matter that it doesn't matter, then it suddenly matters if I choose it to, right? right. So then it was like, well, I'll just do it because I want to. Mm-hmm. I'll just do it because I enjoy it because that's what I've got. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like making music, making a podcast, uh, it it came out of that element. It came out of not no longer considering the option of once I'm gone, other people will be interested, but that because I am here now, I choose this to be the thing I focus on. You, you almost had like a, a big bang yeah. in your brain. Yeah. Yeah. Like, ah, nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, a, that's a great point. This is what matters because I choose it to matter. Yeah. And it doesn't matter that I choose it to no. matter. So it doesn't matter that it doesn't matter. <laughs> Because there's no meaning. I, I so, so much it's just get like, what you're saying. Yeah. Which right? I hope the people listening do too, because I can yeah, also this is see pretty people, esoteric. I can also see people <laughs> listening and being like, what the fuck did he just say? <laughs> like, it doesn't matter because it does matter. Yeah. It, and so that's like the people who dedicate their life to doing anything, anything it is, they've dedicated their life to it, right? Mm-hmm. So it matters to them. So it's like, because. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It, I kind of, it kind of goes back, I guess, to the philosophy of um, you can't take it with you. Mm-hmm. I guess you can't, can you? Right. So it's like, which one are you going to focus on? For me, it's podcast and music. Yep. Those, those two things. Uh, for me, podcasting because I love connecting with people. Mm-hmm. Like I met you specifically through doing this podcast. Yep. I've met so many people through doing the podcast. Same with music now. Um, I've been very interested. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I've been very no. interested in the the relationships that you've made online and then you're meeting those people for the first time. Yeah. like To uh, talk to them on the podcast. Like Stevens yeah. with, with the episode about uh, Natalia. Yeah. Love uh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. It was so cool and it was very surreal. Yeah. He and I had been friends on Facebook for several years so crazy. as we had decided and discussed and then we met in real life and said let's put our talk down on microphones <laughs> yeah. you know why not yeah and it was cool it's so cool and the people i've met uh oh shoot i can't think of uh you said was it josh and alex right mm-hmm. terrible with names josh and alex from pto unlimited that's it i met them i'm going up there fort wayne January 24th, I think. Not the 18th, because that's when project starts. Right. So 24th, I think that's exactly why, because I was going to, I kind of tried to push it out just so that everybody could plan for it and everything. Um, but yeah, the 24th, I'm going up there to um, do their podcast, PTO Unlimited. I'll come up there with you. It'll be hey, a surprise, Thunderwolf you, guest, too. <laughs> you got to talk to them, but I think you could. They don't know it yet, but. You can ride with. I'll drive. Here comes Thunderwolf. <laughs> and they, well, I'm super excited for it. I'm slightly nervous because I haven't really <laughs> talked to the wife about it a whole lot. But they talked about possibly going out afterwards. And I've gone out Ooh. in Fort Wayne. I'm not driving back if no. I go out in Fort Wayne. No, I love Fort Wayne, though. <laughs> Fort Wayne's a cool place. Because I've uh, I've had some long nights. In Fort- I used to live up there for three years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I... So so your drive is because you like to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to do it. Yep. Um as of as of right now, that's the motivation. Where does your creativity for writing music come from? Oh god, I don't know. 
I have absolutely no Because I've idea. listened to your lyrics. They're fucking good. So, oh, I appreciate that. So I always like am curious about that because, like I said, when I sit down to write, yeah, I'll tell you something interesting. And I, I, I hope any comedians or I hope Lexi listening to this kind of can give me some insight. I can't just sit down to write. I have to be reading a book that's talking about comedy or like an interview with comedians before I can get those fucking gears rolling to where yeah. I can actually write something. Um, I don't know if that's normal or if that's just my my brain not being ready to just sit down and write. Like maybe if I trained myself to sit down and write, I could get into it and do it. I I am absolutely not an expert on that process in any do way. You, do you make time to sit down and write or do you just, for me, does it come from inspiration? It it comes usually suddenly and out of nowhere, and I have to drop what I'm doing and listen to like this channel. It's almost like a I've described it before, and this sounds clinically insane. <laughs> I I absolutely know it, but it's almost as if there is somebody who has walked up and starts speaking these things into my ear, and. I have to take it as I hear it, when I hear it, or it it goes by the wayside. Um, one one of our songs uh, with the tribes, uh, the regulators. Love right? it. That song. Um, I, I I told the band when I when I was writing that song, there there was no there was no deliberation on that. Right. There was no, I'm going to write a song now. It is time for me to contribute, and I must <laughs> write lyrics at this point. I was, it was like two in the morning, three in the morning, and I had plugged my phone up, set my alarms, went to, went to sleep, right? Was laying down, trying to go to sleep, falling into that rhythm of, of going to sleep. And I usually have, I found for myself, I had terrible nightmares, like night terrors a few years ago. We talked about that. Yeah. Sleep comedy. paralysis, that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. So listening to comedy or somebody laughing or somebody telling jokes doesn't even have to be great. Mm -hmm. That helps me. And so it was just background noise mm -hmm. as it usually is. And I was laying down and then the first line just, I just heard it mm -hmm. as, as if clinically insane. I know yeah. uh, as if somebody was standing there just telling it mm -hmm. that, and they just said in and out before you know it. And I, I was just like, Nope. Nope, not tonight. I'm trying to get some sleep because I know <laughs> I know this pattern. I know when it starts happening, it's, it's happening. And it was like in and out before you know it. Violent deaths in a sense below us. And I was like, nope, no, 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 no. <laughs> going to bed. And then it just kept going. Mm -hmm. And so I rolled over, grabbed my phone, opened the notes up, up, started typing them out, typing them out. There was no like active thought of me saying, I'm going to write this now. It is time and it just, the first verse happened. Nice. And I was like, okay, we're going to bed now. Yep. And so I went to bed. Mm -hmm. And th the thoughts stopped. Mm -hmm. The creative process was paused. And then it was, I think that might have been Saturday night. Yeah. Like a Friday, Saturday. And then we usually do uh, our work at the studio on Sunday evening. Okay. So it was driving there to the studio Two days later, 
I got into traffic jams. You know, 70's been yeah, terrible. terrible. Yep. This was a few months construction. ago. Construction. Yes, construction out the ass. I was warned, do not go on 70. And I said, got it, thank you. My roommate came back on 70. Don't go on 70. I said, got it, thank you. So I jumped in my car and hit 70. Uh, didn't even think For those think about of you it. not Indianapolis people, 70 is a main highway that takes him to the place that he records me yes exactly and so i hop on and everything's smooth sailing and then i get to the greenfield exit and i get backed up it's stoplights uh you know car lights end to end stop traffic and i hate 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 stop traffic i hate it just drive right that's my philosophy so I did the only thing that a reasonable uh, driver should do, and I disassociated completely from everything that was happening, oh, yeah. from where I was. Extreme safety conscious right yeah, there. Yeah, very, very much. <laughs> but we literally are stopped yeah. completely. and Might inch every three to five minutes. Exactly. So I'm completely out of it. Yeah. And then I go right back to the, that, that thought. Here comes that voice again. And then the rest of the song just so, wrote itself so out. I feel like almost like you can, you could possibly just like you could almost, uh, I don't know if you meditate or do anything like that, but I think that's something that if you did do it, you might be able to like control that flow of thought. Yeah. And I, I so I don't, I haven't right. meditated or, you know, done anything. Me neither. Um, I'm very interested in learning more I think I'd freak it. myself out if I <laughs> meditated. Like Probably. If I was alone with myself for too long, I think I'd freak out. Yeah, you'd go crazy. I'm, I'm a kind of person that I've, I'm a, I'm a terrible. Like I'm a, when they, if you ever saw the movie, um, I love you, man. I'm a serial like relationship person because yeah. I, and this is also a weird thing to like, we won't dive deep into it because there's too, too much to talk about, but like, I've never liked being by myself like for too long. Right. But flip side of that, I fucking love my alone time yep. to where I can be by myself. Yep. Um, so, but it's so weird because like, it's like, it's my choosing. So like, I'm like, I'll, I'll have a, I'll have a high where I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm around people. I love this. I love this. I love this vacations, all this. And then all of a sudden I'll hit a wall and I'm like, I need to be at home by myself. <laughs> Suddenly, away right? Away from people. Yep. Um, and my wife and I actually talk about it very often on like vacations because um, we, w we went on like a, a seven-day vacation with some people one time. And <clears throat> by like day four, I just woke up and I was like, they were like, oh, we're going to the beach. We're going to go to do this. We're going to go do this. And I just said, you know what? I'm not going. Jen got pissed at me, got mad. Yeah. Um, because this was new, like newer into our, we had not gone on very many vacations together with other people. And, uh, you know, growing up as a kid, when I would do that, my family and parents go ahead, hang out in the room, watch right. TV, do whatever you want to do. We're going to go out and do this. You're missing out. And I'd be like, yep, missing out. Don't care. Yeah. Like, and I would like either read a book or watch a movie or something by myself. <clears throat> so I like, was used to that on vacations. And so like I hit that wall and got the yelling at me and then she went out and did her thing. And we talked about it later, like, you know, weeks later. And I was like, you know, it's just the way I am. Like I, I love being around people. I'm the most fun to be around with all of you guys for a long time. But there's comes a point where like, I just get like tapped out. Yep. 
and I want to read, I want to watch TV and just like disconnect my mind. And that's what I was thinking like with you, like when you said that your mind's kind of disconnecting that you were able to like think of the rest of it. Yeah, no, that that's exactly it. And I started thinking about that specifically after that event. And almost every time that I write, it's a similar similar instance yeah uh there's suddenly i'm no longer where i'm at right and i am somewhere else listening to this new voice or writing style or song or whatever it is and i have to get it down mm -hmm. and it's like so everything else stops but i found that is usually when a lot of those ideas happen is when i disassociate from like the annoyance that's happening usually it's being in a car and trapped and in that environment. So you right. can't go do anything else. Right. You're there. So that's almost become part of the discipline of like the writing style yeah. is being aware that I shouldn't take on, um, I don't know, distractions, right. Turn on the TV or Facebook or whatever right. it is and just sit and then focus and then type, uh, type it out. It's hard to even like kind of like discuss this because I'm just thinking of these thoughts. So uh, one thing that's super tough when you sit down and write. Yep. Is getting rid of the distractions. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're f like I've caught myself sit like I told myself I'm going to sit down for an hour and a half and I'm going to write read about comedy. I'm going to like just look up comedy. I'm going to watch my own videos of myself. I'm going to do that stuff. And I catch myself thinking, I wonder if like somebody replied to this on Facebook yeah. or if I, I wonder if somebody like commented on this or something, or I wonder if, I mean, I, did I get a text while I was sitting here? Did I feel that vibration? Like it's, it's almost like a sick feeling and I don't like it. It sure is. And, uh, I've started just leaving my phone in another room when I go to write. But the problem is when I leave the phone in the other room, I have to go get the phone because I have the <laughs> videos on there that I want to watch of yep. myself to like study. Cause everybody I've talked to in comedy is like record every set, record every set. So what I'll do is, is I've, I've kind of developed my own method of watch the videos first, get rid of the phone, read about comedy, write about comedy, write your jokes. There's a lot of exercises that I learned from a book that I was uh, reading that was like, you know, pick a topic and just start writing a bunch of stuff about that topic. And then don't try to be funny. Just write a bunch of like, like stream of conscience yeah, stuff and then figure it out, which made me laugh when you were talking about the fact that you were kind of falling asleep and that triggered that. Yeah. I have notes in my phone. They're all like kind of broken up by, you know, ideas for movies, TV, uh, script ideas, uh, I have stand-up joke ideas, things like that. And I'll tell you, I wanted to read something to yeah. you because when we when you mentioned that, it literally made me think of about two nights ago, I woke up because I was having like a dream. And I've never, and there's probably somebody out there in the billions of people that exist in the world. I'm not unique, but I've never met somebody in person that has dreams the way I do, mm -hmm. where... I have dreams where it's not first person. I'm literally watching it like a th like a camera above everything, and it's me or it's, or it's even strangers sometimes. And I'm just watching the interaction and like 
almost thinking about the interaction almost as like a higher power over this stuff. Like I'm just watching it and like kind of breaking it down in my mind and thinking about it and stuff like that. And then I wake up and I'm like, I got to write that down. And I, I wrote in my joke book or my joke notes uh, section. And I just want to read this word for word. Cause this is what I woke up and uh, put in my notes. Strange noises, jet engines, Lizard, reptilian part of the brain, reminding you it could all end any minute, make you think of things that will end your existence. A bomb, plane crash, that hot breath on your neck as you're caught doing something you're not supposed to be doing. Something like this happening multiple times, like you'll probably need a hip replacement someday. Just someday. (laughs) What I'm trying to break down in my mind what I was thinking and what I thought was funny about that because I remember waking up from this dream and this thought that I wrote in my phone laughing. But I have no idea. None of that is funny. That's almost like weird. Yeah, it's very weird. So it's very like, weird and like poetic. Yeah, so like... It's it's funny that you... I, I'd never heard that, right? Right. Uh, that was the first time that you've shared that with me. Mm-hmm. And what was, the, what was the part? Can you read that again about the lizard brain part? So I said... Uh, Strange noises, jet engines, lizard, reptilian part of the brain, reminding you it could all end any minute, make you think of things that will end your existence, a bomb. That, right there, that make you think things that will end your existence. I've never heard you read that part before. But the opening weird intro of this Thunderwolf episode was... There's a fish in a dish and his name is Phil and he doesn't pay the bill, but he begs for a flower that will give him the power to think himself away. <laughs> Both of those like are just what the hell? Yeah. What does that even mean? It's just right. like stream of conscious weird shit. Right. But both of those have the essence of thinking yourself out of existence, mm-hmm. right? What a weird thought. It's so weird, man. It is. And I didn't even think about the tie it together from the beginning. I had no idea until you read that. Yeah. I thought, wow, that's serendipitous, isn't it? And I know where it's coming from, like my mindset, because like I remember thinking, because I remember thinking on the plane when I, I flew to Tampa to see the Colts game with my little brother. Yeah. It was like almost like a Christmas gift for my family. My mom bought the plane tickets. My uncle bought the tickets to the game. So it was kind of like a free trip for us. We stayed with my uncle, everything like that. But I remember on the plane, no matter how confident I am that I'm going to arrive safely, I'm going to take off safely, when there's like a sudden jolt on the plane, I instantly think something's fucking wrong and we're going down. Like I just, it's like it's a natural reaction. Like I don't even consciously notice it. I get that feeling like I'm like that scared feeling that I hate in my life. Uh, And that's where I think that that my brain was like kind of thinking about that, that there is, we always have these things that happen in the world around us that, that are our like self-preservation, like fears that happen all the time. And I have like irrational fears, like, but we just kind of put them to the back of our head. Don't think about them. But like, I mean, I've had, I've had dreams where I'm like sitting in my room and I hear like a loud noise and I look out the window and it's like the rushing, energy it's like the rushing, up the yeah, it's like the rushing cloud of like an atomic bomb just went off and yeah. then I just like go to black and I'm dead. 
Um, I'm not even kidding. Like I'll, I will hear loud, crazy noises. Like it might just be construction or the citizen citizens energy blowing up stuff underground. Yep. And I'll instantly think like, this is it. And then that half second passes and like, you're still that's there. stupid. Like, yep. why did I think that? That's so stupid. But I do, I have that like, and I think that that's a, uh, that's the reptilian part of your brain or the, the unevolved part of our brain that still thinks that death is around every corner. Hasn't caught up yet to our reality, that's which not is kind of still, it's still kind of around, but we've limited the, say the, 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 the caution, right? But it's just so funny that my fucking like unconscious yeah. brain thought of that and then like, thought it was funny. Hey, this is a joke. This is funny. <laughs> There's something funny here. Write it down in the joke. I'm folder. laughing. Let's let's write it down in there. Uh, we are at 140, so Jesus. we'll probably wrap I'm up. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. I love it. it. Did not feel like it was 140. No, it certainly didn't to me either. Um, to I think to complete the thought and then to talk about what's going on in your life. Yeah. Uh, you were talking about being on stage, mm-hmm. doing a podcast, just as what we said. It doesn't feel like when you know you're on, when you know you're in, as you said, the zone, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like time has the same effect. Yes. For me, to tie it even to what the last story you said about flying to Tampa, mm-hmm. for me, it the the metaphor of being on a plane, the whole process... That's what it's like. That's the zone for me. That's what right. I call it. Uh, when it, when Paige, she had never done a podcast mm-hmm. before last week. So after we recorded, we listened to it again. And I was talking, you know, she, she had a lot of really great natural beats uh, when she was aware to change subject, to bring yeah. something back, et cetera. And I said, like, you'll find when you're doing a podcast, when you're doing a uh, performing music on stage when you are doing stand-up comedy i would assume it goes this far there is that initial step of you're at the airport you're ready you intend to do this thing and now there's a little bit of a waiting period and now you're boarding the plane and now it's starting up and the things are just beginning the engines are turning the wings are prepping you know everybody's getting set and then there's a moment in which the, that beginning part, what we use like with the Thunderwolf updates, it's like that first runway. Mm-hmm. It's like we're warming up the jets, we're getting up to speed, and there's a moment when when it takes off and you know it. Mm-hmm. And once you're there, you're there. And you're just in that zone. Yeah, you're just going. You're in. And for me, that's what that's like. It's like being on a, on a plane and then that takeoff. And then, like you said, 140... I had no idea yeah. until I looked and thought, oh, damn, we're at 140. Yeah. And then at the we're end, the there's that annoying guy that gets up too early. Yeah. God, yeah. <laughs> always. There always is. I used to be that guy until I read all of the shitty memes and like comments about people getting up early. And my little brother, yeah. new flyer, <laughs> he was like, he's like, we should get up. And I'm like, no, nope. we're not those assholes. Your instincts are wrong. <laughs> I don't know why. But I used to, but I used to do it. Yeah, I used to get up every time. I did that I on the school like, bus I, too. Because I didn't like stand or sitting. Like I don't. And even and my instinct was still like I would like to stand up right now, 
But I don't want to be the annoying guy that's standing up, getting his bag, and like waiting in line while everybody else gets off the plane. Before the podcast is over, you're just standing up, putting your <laughs> yeah. coat on. Headphones are still there. You're like, man, we're still recording, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, 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 uh, I hope this episode was uh, as fun for your listeners as the enjoyment I get out of listening to it when it's when it's you and Shane. Yeah, no, I Shane brings a lot of uh, I think very good comedy. And also very good points. I think he he spaces out. I think his his comments when you guys do have other guests on to where he has real. Like I said, I feel like everything he says is calculated and great. And then I also think that you do the same thing, but at the same time, I think you also push it to some of the deeper levels sometimes. Yeah, I've always said if there were two of me on the show, no one would listen because it would just be too weird and too deep. Maybe that's which what is fair. With us. <laughs> <laughs> which everybody, I love. Everybody turned this off forty minutes ago. No, but Shane, if you're listening to this, uh, I'm hoping to get this out uh, t- tonight, tomorrow. So for listeners, it should be twelve nineteen nineteen. Yep. Um, so I think that's a yep. cool day to release that. But uh, Justin, I've had a Fantastic time. Yep. Thanks for uh, having me. Just the two of us for the first time yep. in our Hanging friendship out. and podcast careers. Um, tell the people at home what you have going on in your life. Are there shows coming up you're doing? Are there new episodes coming out? There's tons of stuff. It's actually, like we said, spreading thin. Um, Friday, 12, 20, 19, in case uh, this didn't come out before then. There is a Roast War Championship at Vern's Place in Washington Street. It's the last free show. Uh, so every show after Vern's is going to be at Crackers, and it will be a ticketed event. Cool. Um, we've built up a lot of uh, comedians that I think are super hilarious roasters. Um, we've built up a community of people that come and watch. Vern's is just too small. Nothing against Vern's. Great place, great atmosphere, great food, great drinks. The bartenders are great. But we've just, it's the roast war has outgrown that. Yeah. And I want to say, we, um, I don't know if Brad has like really gone so far to say that I'm part of it as, you know, the administration, but he and I, like, assert I mean, yourself, I feel take like over. I, I feel like I am part of it and yeah. I feel like I am making decisions that affect it. Um, but this weekend, 12 20, 2019, um, Team Juice is going up against Team Roller. Dustin Roller is a podcaster from bumfuck egypt of southern indiana so nobody really cares that much about him that's why we're going to destroy him (laughs) in the roast battle um i picked way better comedians than he did he's got a couple of ringers on his team um i felt like we had to give him a couple of good guys just because i didn't want it to be a complete slaughtering of his team yeah so i I, that's really nice of you very professional give him a couple of couple of good guys but uh that's the 20th um, January 11th, I'm hosting at Rain Tree. Um, I think it's Rain Tree Inn in Newcastle. Newcastle. Yep. So I'm hosting that comedy show. Um, there's going to be Devon Shoemaker, Griffin Shira. Um, I'm sorry. I'm <clears throat> the the one guy. I want to say it's Stutes, um, but I always mess it up. But the people that are on the poster, I know for a fact, is I'm hosting. So I'll do my couple of little shitty bits before the show starts, but it'll be funny. I promise it'll be funny. It's just not going to be as funny as Griffin Shira, Devon Shoemaker, Calvin Turner, and Brody Miller. Brody Miller's headlining. So it's going to be a great show. It's going to be hilarious. It's going to be fun. 
Um, as a host, I promise it to be high energy. It'll be fun. It's not going to be uh, me just kind of talking into the mic and seeing if you can hear me. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna rock that out. It's January 11th, 9 p.m. Newcastle, Indiana, Rain Tree Inn, and then. January 30th, man, I step into the cage as uh, a roaster, and I'm going after Dustin Roller. And no kidding. Like I, I've told people, it's going to be pretty light lifting for me, but if I really think about it, it might not be that light because Dustin's a bigger guy. So I'm I'm still going to dominate him. You're already starting the roast, aren't you? <laughs> He's going to hear this. I'm going to roll him right out of the cage. Like a ball? Yep. Okay. <laughs> And that where's that one going to be? <clears throat> that's going to be at Crackers in downtown Indianapolis. And that's that a paid is a, show. That is a ticketed event. That's going to be, it's called Roastamania. So it's basically, if you're thinking about it in professional wrestling terms, it's WrestleMania. It's the Super Bowl of roasts. Do you have an outfit picked? Oh, yeah. I've got a uh, giant gold chain. Nice. Some uh, sweet shades. I'm thinking, I'm thinking about getting a uh, cutoff hoodie. Ooh, I think I honestly think I should get a Thunderwolf cutoff hoodie because that would look that dope would be pretty cool, wouldn't with it? The uh, with the like, um, what was he, what did he say? The uh, the eighties, um, what is it called? The the lighting around the uh, wolf. What I feel like the vapor Mark, wave. Yeah, that's it. Mark talked about it, and uh, I think that'd be that'd look really sick. That would be really cool. And I'm gonna have my camo joggers, and you have Dustin's blood all over it, right? <laughs> Because, <laughs> yes, we're going in there to actually fight each yeah, other to the death. There's going to be a death match, so I'm excited <laughs> for that. But, yeah, and then Juice in the Morning's at uh, at Juice in the AM on all social media. And if you can find a podcast, you can search for Juice in the Morning. I believe in you. Thank you so much, Justin, for coming on. I asked Thanks you uh, I asked you to come on last night, uh, pretty spontaneous, and you made it happen. So this yep. is this is all thanks to you, and I really appreciate that. Hey, I always uh, I always follow up with my commitments, unlike uh, other people that are involved with the Juice of the Morning podcast. Yeah, some people have to be in Texas or uh, overtime, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we're doing our own little roast, and they're not here. Fantastic. Not even here to defend themselves. Uh, that's our show. Um, you know where to find us on Facebook at Thunderwolf Podcast. Post a lot of sick, dope memes that you people seem to really love. Um, we have merchandise available on Teespring at teespring.com slash awoo. That's T-E-E spring.com slash A-A-W-O-O. Uh, get yourself a Thunderwolf uh, hoodie. Cut the sleeves off and, you know, get blood on it yourself if you want. Um, you guys need to, I mean, I might throw down some money, but we need to get me that. Seriously. I for think that, that'd be really cool. For that yeah, well, event. There, there are some, uh, they do some samples now, so yeah. we'll see if we can get some at-cost products. Yeah. Oh, hey, uh, you people listening and wanting to purchase things. There was a Black Friday, Cyber Monday whatever happened where teespring did not offer the coupon codes that we made so if you were one of those people affected um who was trying to purchase something and couldn't get it at discount send me a personal message or send a message to the thunderbolt podcast on facebook and we will get that to you right away um justin Usually when we end this, we do the uh, time's up goodbye. You want to do that today? Oh, can I please? Yeah. All right. Time's up. Goodbye. Goodbye.